Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Hey everyone, welcome back to Just Say the Word. I'm super excited to introduce my guest today, M. Ducharme. She helps leaders scale their businesses with passive income while building a bulletproof growth mindset. She has a really exciting um, and inspiring story, and I think you're going to learn so much from her. M, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm so excited when um, our mutual friend Claire introduced us and I was looking at your your uh, social media profiles. I was like, man, we can all learn from, from M. So um, first, let's just go back because I know that before you were um, an online entrepreneur, you started your entrepreneurship journey uh, in the uh, physical sort of bricks and mortar spot, right? Yep, I did. I, my first business was in the restaurant industry. Okay. So how did you get started in, in that and, and kind of like tell us a little bit about what that journey looked like? Yes, of course. So I, um, I moved out of my parents' house when I was very young. I had bigger dreams and I come from a small village up North Quebec where there's not a lot of opportunities for women and uh, in general, there's just, unless you're a like doctor or something like that you're not gonna really do anything except work at mcdonald's so i wanted something more for myself and i thought that i was a manager of mcdonald's actually so i thought <laughs> i thought i had went to the higher higher level that i could in that town <laughs> so i could not uh, scale like beyond that so i decided to leave and uh, the first job that I got into into Montreal when I moved to Montreal was uh, in a in a bar. So I was working as a co-check girl in a club, and I piled up my money. I got offered a job in a really trendy restaurant into Montreal, and I kept piling up my money. And they promoted me manager within a few months, and it was great. And I really felt like I was on the right path. Like I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do. I, I was obsessed with my work. I was passionate about it. I wanted to work all the time. It was something that I was really, really passionate about. And when I got offered that chance of buying in a, re a new restaurant that was opening uh, in the old Montreal, I said yes. So I was 20 years old, opening my first restaurant with very, very credible entrepreneurs into Montreal. And I was so proud of myself. And I was living in that beautiful loft. I had a car of the year and like my life was great. Uh, and then two weeks after opening the restaurant, my mother called me and told me that she only had a few months left to live because she was diagnosed with cancer. So that was a brick in the face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially living seven hours away from, from where she lived and having to run a restaurant. You, you literally, you can't leave. You have to sleep in your restaurant. So I had to make a decision uh, at that point, was I going to continue building my dream that I was not really interested in anymore because of my mother's sickness? Or am I going to find a way to spend the rest of her time with my mother? So mm -hmm. I chose my mother. Yeah, I mean, easy decision, I think, you know, for a, a tough decision in a lot of ways. But um, 
you know, from the way that you speak about your mom, I'm sure that you were like, oh, I've got to figure out a way to, you know, be there for her. So what, what did that, and, and tell me how old were you when you started the restaurant? Did you mention that on here? 20, 20. 20. Wow. Okay. So your journey started really young. So that's really inspiring for a lot of our listeners, I think right there, because a lot of people let um, their age or their youth kind of be their imposter syndrome, right? Um, so tell me then when you went to, um, you quit the restaurant or you um, you shut it down or did you sell it kind of, what yeah. was your, you sold it? Okay. I gave up on my shares. So yes, I, I gave up on the dream altogether. Mm. And then I um, kept going back and forth to see my mom for like, it was very difficult for me to see her sick. So I was, go I was back and forth driving the 14 hours between us every week uh, for a few days and then going back home for a few days to recharge my energy. And while I was doing that, I was also studying. Um, I, I went back to school and I started studying in fitness and in health because I like def definitely because I wanted to learn more about the topic that I had never had any interest in until my mother got sick. So I started studying in that. And I started like building ebooks and programs and training people and using uh, Instagram to sell my things and to connect and to and to be more visible. Back then, uh, there's nothing on Instagram. Like there's no not even the option of having a business profile on Instagram. It was strictly a social media, and yeah. it was not it was not used for marketing. So it was pretty new. I remember being asked by a newspaper to share my experience on how why we're using social media to talk about business and nowadays that's all people do like that's pretty much the only reason why we're on social media nowadays but yeah so that's how I started um like with the online journey because I wanted to find a way to be able to work from home while my mother was sick and still make money and still build a life mm -hmm. yeah so that's really interesting that you're kind of doing that before it was the popular thing to do because like you said it, it seems like when I come across people's profiles on Instagram you know 90% of them are trying to monetize it um so so you started in fitness that's I love I love that industry myself years ago I thought oh, I'm gonna be a personal trainer and then I started seeing people do exactly what you were doing and I was like oh maybe I can do that um so we have that in common but when did so where did that go what what happened with your your fitness um, business and then because I know that's not what you do today so kind of let's talk about that transition uh, yeah so I decided to launch a fitness company with my cousin that turned into a gym that turned into a, a martial arts school that turned into an academy um, but I decided to travel as well when my mother passed away so he kept up on like guy like he was running the business by himself and I decided to sell everything that I had and go and travel the world so while I was doing that for a few years what I was doing is I was um I was modeling and I was helping models uh booking gigs and being independent models using uh networking uh online for for booking instead of having an agent where who basically takes half of your money. So mm -hmm. I was doing that. I was uh, helping companies grow on Instagram and, and on Facebook. I was, uh, since I speak a few languages, I was doing translation. I was doing writing. I was doing ghostwriting. I was, I was doing pretty much anything back then just to make money and keep traveling. And I traveled to 
43 countries lived everywhere doing that and um, decided to go and study in finance because I was offered a very interesting gig into raising money for a, um, a, a movie company in, the, in Los Angeles while I was living in Dubai. So I went back to school, studied in finance, got promoted into vice president of a firm um, in the business bluffing. So I, I touched all the industry. And when I was working in finance, I was touching business development and marketing for startups and for publicly traded companies. So I really like had the knowledge in all, all types of industries, all sizes of businesses and all these things. And that's what inspired me to start the business that I have today. That's so awesome. And, you know, something that really stands out to me from that is, um, so I, you know, I'm all about niching and I'm sure that you work with your clients on really defining like their niche and, and all of that. And it is important, but I think in your story that you just shared is really important for highlighting to people who may not really know exactly what it is they want to do yet. It's, there's nothing wrong with just jumping in, getting your feet wet, trying different things, seeing what you can monetize, seeing what works for you and kind of following um, this organic uh, path like you did. Right. And, and I think there's kind of a beauty in that. Um, do you feel that, that same way? Like, uh, how do you feel, I guess, about how you started out and what you would advise your clients and uh, does that make sense where I'm coming from? Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Well, actually I, I taught niching down was so important for so long and I couldn't like decide on one niche. Uh-huh. So for me, I felt like, oh, am I going to make so much more money when I have a niche? I actually have a niche right now, I would say, but most of my clients are diversified. So mm-hmm. I really don't serve only one niche. Every time I launch a product, it's for one niche. But people really buy, they buy in your energy and, and your confidence and your expertise and your experience and what they see in you that could be possible for them way more than they buy the idea of the niche i think uh, from mm-hmm. experience with experience for my clients i have clients that they want to do like for example relationship coaching and then they want to spe- become specialized with divorce or something like that and i always tell them like start with relationship coaching and then let the universe and and yourself guide you into what do you want to niche down in? Because it's it can be really rewarding to niche down because then you can become the best of the best in that niche, which is when you get the expert paycheck. So yes, niching down can worth a lot of money, but you don't have to have a niche to start. And that's a lot of people, they, they're not giving themselves permission to start until they figure out their niche, but they're just wasting time while doing that because you might figure out your niche while you're doing it and your niche might might uh, change as well when, when you're doing it. So it doesn't mean that you cannot start without having one. Yeah, no, that I love that advice so much. And I completely agree because, you know, that's the trouble that I had way back when I started freelance writing. That's like the first step that I took into entrepreneurship was just freelance writing, you know, marketing consulting. And I was like, oh, what, you know, what's my niche going to be? Like, I have to figure this out and have it all planned out and get my messaging, you know, doing like the whole package when actually you don't know how your brand and your messaging is going to land. So I feel like you have to do what you said and just kind of experiment, start out just testing the waters and see 
what takes hold. So I think people will be relieved to hear that maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I hope, I hope people get inspired that they can still start without figuring all the details out because you're wasting precious time and experience. And what's more important is really to build your reputation and expertise within your industry way more than finding your niche. And you can only do that with experience and with having clients and, and with, uh, getting referrals, which only happens when you start working. So you need to do the thing first. Mm -hmm. Totally. No, that's wonderful advice. Um, so, and let me go back to something and I hope you don't mind me asking, but you know, when you moved back and you started doing the online stuff, just to, to dive back into the personal side of things in case, in case people have questions about that. So when you were closer with your mom again, um, and I mean like location wise closer, um, so what did she improve while you were doing your fitness stuff kind of what was the the personal side of your journey because then you did end up going and traveling the world so uh, no she was like she had a very very difficult cancer um she she passed away from pain so mm -hmm. it was very traumatic for me and my little brothers and um i had to take care. so the reason why i was over there the most was to take care of my little brother and my mm -hmm. father i was not uh taking it well at all so that was mostly my focus like to to be there because i had to put her in a coma every night because she would wake up in the middle of the night and she couldn't breathe because she was in panic and i had to shoot her uh, in in the butt cheek to put her in a coma and my dad was not able to do that and she didn't want to be staying at the hospital she wanted to die at home mm -hmm. so uh, so I that's that my focus was really on my family back then and on learning more about how to prevent for me and my my family to be sick the way the way she was sick mm -hmm. so I didn't really go all in with my business ideas until she passed but I always thought like I'm putting up one fire at a time so in my head it was clear that once she would pass away then I would move on to the next step of my life but until then I would I would be present and around until mm. she she was no more mm. okay thank you for sharing that I know um I knew that this was a, a deeply personal story but um like you said beforehand you're an open book so thank you for for opening up and sharing that um I mean I can't even imagine going through something like that at all, you know, but also on top of that, being um, an entrepreneur and thinking about, you know, income and all of that. So when, what was the mindset? Cause I know you're big on mindset and I've picked up on that from some of the things that, you know, that you've shared um, about the universe and everything. What were some of the mindset things that got you through that challenging time? And then also afterwards kind of picking up the pieces and starting again? Uh, well, I think when you're going through a phase where you're responsible for a lot of people, you don't really have time to feel sorry for yourself. You don't have time to feel sad. Uh, you, like that, that came after the, the, the grief and, and the, the sadness and the feeling of feeling powerless came way later because I had to, I was on autopilot. I needed to help my family because that was what was important for me back then. And then when I was traveling, um, I had periods where it was harder um, when I just didn't, like I was looking for my mission so much. And I think that's why I started traveling in the first place. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to find my path 
So I started reading, uh, writing, I had a blog, I wrote a book. I, I kept like trying to inspire people to not give up because I, I, I felt it in my heart that I had a gift um, mm. and it took a long time before I knew that gift, but really like to focus on what's the reason why I'm here was the re what's the thing that was really driving me like why am I here that there's a reason why I'm going through all of that and in my head it was clear that I'm going through all of these challenges because one day I'm going to help someone with what I've gone through and now I help a lot of people so I think I was right at that time but I think when you're going through a really tough place and it's hard to understand why because it's not fair and it's never going to feel good but it still doesn't mean that there's no meaning behind it. Like there's always a bigger picture and there's always a positive into a negative. So it's to just keep trusting that one day it's going to, to be a positive again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, so, and I agree. And I, and I think for me, it's always been like, even if I have to assign the meaning to it, you know what I mean? Like we can do that mindset work to say, okay, I, you know, I don't know why this happened, but let me look for, like you said, and, and like you said before we started recording, looking for the positive in something or how you can create a positive from it. And a lot of the time with a lot of my guests, it's, you know, it becomes part of their story. And even if it's tough, it's something they've been through that's really challenging. Um, you know, it shapes them in, in who they are and the the path that they follow in business. So um, super wise words, and thank you. So now you've got into, so getting back onto the, the current business you're in, you kind of explored, you were traveling, you were doing um, a little bit of this and that and kind of figuring out what you wanted to do. What led you to the business that you run today? And, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about, about your business, what it is you do exactly. Yeah, of course. So when I was in finances, um, there's a few things that really bothered me about uh, how people conduct businesses. I didn't like the fact that I was not respected as a woman when I was in a room filled with uh, men. I mm -hmm. didn't like the fact that I felt like um, the firm was maybe using me to attract clients because I'm, I'm good looking and I was not making the money that I was that I was other people were making because I was a woman and I was not respected and I was asked to go for, for dinner meeting, but it was just to have a, like a woman at the table and to have drinks. And I felt so frustrated and I wanted to, like the first reason why I started my business is to be working with only women, which is funny because now I have a lot of male clients, but it's a very different dynamic and it's a very respectful space. So it's very, very different for me. And then it was a few years ago when I was in finances. But uh, that's, that's one of the first reasons I started my business. And also because I knew I had the potential to help businesses that had a bigger mission, but I was stuck working with companies that I didn't pick. So I sometimes were, was not passionate about their ideas and their mission. And for me, making money was never something that was driving me. Making the money was a, like a consequence of what I was doing, a positive one, of course, but it was, it was just the outcome, but it was not the reason. So I wanted to be able to work with people that have mission. They wanted to make the world a better place. They wanted to make an impact that's positive. Uh, they had like a, like a message to share and a mission to follow. 
So that's when I decided to start. Um, I began by starting Zero to CEO, which is a, uh, a library of trainings and support for people that have online businesses that I built. Uh, and then after that, I realized that people also fall into the trap of the shiny objects. Like they buy all the courses, they jump from mentors to mentors, they buy something just because someone is rich. So if I buy the course, I'm going to be rich. So I also decided to start this movement called hashtag ditch the shiny objects, because I think people need to have a little bit more education when it comes to building a business. There's foundations that needs to be done for your business to work. Even if you buy all the programs and you download all the freebies and you follow all these people, it's not going to make you successful, even though they promise you they might make you successful. It's all marketing um, language. So that's, that's one of the reasons also that I started my business is that I wanted to teach people how to do it the right way so they can actually build a business that they can grow and then later on scale, which is my focus uh, with my clients is to scale. So to be featured into medias, to automate offers, to hire the perfect team members. It's all about what I do right now. Yeah, that's... Um super important right because the if anyone out there is right now trying to start a business and they're googling things about it or they're visiting the pages of some of those you know big online marketers that um that you're probably talking about they're getting inundated with ads like on facebook with the freebies and then this and then that and and it can be even for someone like me who has gotten past the shiny objects phase that you're talking about, it can still really tempt me, right? It's like, oh, well, maybe that is actually what I need for my next thing. So it's really easy trap to fall into. So yeah. when when you do your programs now, um, so I know you have like a library of, of trainings, but when you work with your clients on um, like what you were just describing, are you doing live like one-on-one -on -one or group coaching or kind of what does that look like? So Zero to CEO Society is a community. So they have a, a Facebook group that's uh, exclusive for paid members of the community. And then within that group, I uh, answer their questions about business. And right. apparently I'm the only person that does that because I've heard that uh, people have been in a lot of similar memberships, but there was not actual support within the community. Uh, so I help them whatever stages they're at in their business, but I also make them vote on what they want to learn about every month and I create trainings around what they need to know. So then this way, it's not me choosing the topic. It's really them choosing the topic of what they think they, it's going to be the most helpful, which is very good for me as well, because then I know exactly what people are, are expecting from me and what are they interested in without having to do research because they, they tell me right away what they want and then I have guest experts on topics that I don't feel necessarily comfortable talking about because I, um, I'm not an expert into something like let's say human design for example I, I never studied human design but it's a topic that I find super important so I decided to include a guest expert about that so stuff like that so that's what I do for for my lower level investment offers and then after that i'm launching soon a mastermind which is going to be a group live coaching around um around like everything that has to be about scaling businesses so being featured into media like i said before and hiring people so i've done a lot of time to 
to build a, a quiz that's called what type of CEO are you? And it's about a personality of your type of CEO. And within that results of that quiz, you know your strengths and weaknesses. And when you know your strengths and weaknesses as a business owner, then you can hire someone that has different strengths and weaknesses so you, they can work as synergy with you in your business. So I think it's really important for people also to understand um, how their personality work when they're business owners and how their employees' personality is so that you can make better decisions and lead them better as well. Oh, absolutely. So a couple of things. So um, you were talking about your membership site and that sounds fantastic because like you said, I've been in a couple of membership sites. I canceled them because I never really got the, it just felt like I was taking trainings that I could find on YouTube or something, right? It wasn't um, super specific around what we were asking. It wasn't um, like the person who ran the, the membership site wasn't coming in there and actually interacting with people, which is kind of like what my thinking around getting into one of those groups would be it's exclusive you have more touch right with yeah, the person right. who you're looking for yeah um so that's one thing I, I i love that you do that um and then you were just talking about um the the mastermind and helping people scale and i was thinking uh, about that word scale because we hear it all the time kind of as a buzzword and to scale in a business sense means to grow or expand in a proportional and usually profitable way. So a lot of the time I feel like people use the word grow and scale interchangeably, which is not quite accurate, right? Um, no, <laughs> so tell us, uh, so scaling, let's talk about the importance of that and why it really matters for business and kind of how it differentiates from growth. Yeah. Okay. So, well, when you build a business, first of all, you need to grow it. So you need to make it profitable. You need to have cash flow. You need to like, like test your offer, test your market, validate uh, the demand. So there's a lot of things that it's the foundation when you're growing like it's mm -hmm. all the foundation works but then once um you plateau type of thing and then you make consistent uh, income within your business and it's stable then it's time to scale and when it's time when I, what i mean by scale is by like for example when i started feeling ready to have uh, a lot more traffic on my website. I started doing a lot of media features because I know that would drive a lot of traffic and I could, I was ready to gain lots of clients because my structure was solid because I had people working for me because I was not afraid of, of having like uh, overwhelmed and my schedule was organized, but you cannot scale a business if you're the only person in the business and you're not making money in the business, then you're not ready to, to go on the next level. So scaling is really about the next level. Yeah. And you're not ready to hire a full team if you're not making enough money to pay for the whole team. So that's also about scaling is to know what employees do you need next into your business. Um, automated your F, uh, offers. So for example, if you're a coach and you have a group program that's recorded, and it doesn't sell, don't go automate that, that offer because it's not ready to scale and be automated. You need to understand why is the funnel not converting? What can you do to make it better? How can you launch it better? How, like, is it, is it really 
a, a product that's good for your audience and then once it converts really well and then you're making money and it's it's becoming a, a key offer into your pro your programs then you can automate that pro that program and then you make money in your sleep because it goes with an evergreen program while you're sleeping you're making sales so mm -hmm. you can't do that with a program that doesn't convert already so scaling is really once everything is validated yeah no that's really great advice and something that i hope people take note of and and i think also um you know just to sort of drive the point home for people around scaling too is it's like moving from sort of um logging hours directly for the amount of money that you're going to make compared to now you get to offer like you get to serve um, hundreds or thousands of people um, at a larger scale right so instead of like you serving as many people as you can alone now with your automations your systems and your team in place you get to expand um the proportionally the number yeah. of people that are coming in so i just i want people to understand the difference between that because i i don't know if you see that but i see it used um interchangeably all the time and it's just um something i i think people need to kind of think really strategically about for the reasons that you just mentioned yeah, I think it's really important to educate people around those words. Yeah, for sure. And then, and I wanted to go back to something else too, because, um, and sorry, I keep jumping around, but I just remembered you were talking about that, that quiz. And I just want to like pile on that and say how important it is to understand your strengths and weaknesses and your personality. So I haven't taken your quiz, though I'm sure it's amazing and I should go check it out because I love that kind of stuff. But I've done some other work around um, figuring out like your personality types and, and what your strengths and all of that are. And it was super important for me to understand, here's what I'm really good at. Now I can find, just like you said, someone who's complementary to carry out the things that I'm not so good at. So like my, you know, some of my top strengths are like um, futuristic, you know, visionary and things like that. And then on the, the complete opposite end, what I'm really bad at is execution. So I need to work with someone who is a really great executor right mm -hmm. like they can get stuff done so i just wanted to highlight that for our listeners that i'm a huge proponent of figuring out really um, your best working style so is that something that besides your quiz is that something you work with um, your clients on really diving into yes actually on my mastermind i i prepared an entire week around how to hire with your personality type. So my clients have to take the quiz and then like build um, an employee list of, of needs that the, that comes and complements their own type. And mm -hmm. I'm actually uh, going to talk about that even more this year into speaking gigs, because I think it's really important to, to understand your strengths and weaknesses, but also to hire with that, because if, someone is as good as you and everything you're good at you might get along with that person like a1 but that doesn't mean that your guy you guys are gonna do a good job together because you need someone that's going to complement you into where you're lacking um strengths and i really think people should have more awareness and do more introspection and research more about not necessarily with my quiz i think my quiz is great but it's a limiting it's limited information, it's a quiz, but there's mm -hmm. so many ways that people can do with doing journaling, with uh, really like 
going deep into their thoughts and like reflecting around who they are and what they need what do they love doing what do they like hate doing what are they good at and proud of doing and what what is the thing that um makes them feel not motivated because they have to do that thing like you need to outsource those things Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it was like i said it was life-changing for me it was really eye-opening because whereas i kept thinking to myself um because i think like you said journaling is a great way to do that but it also can help you get over some of those um, limiting beliefs you have about yourself. Like I thought, well, why am I just, I'm not a lazy person, but when it comes to getting this done or that done, why am I so lazy about it? And it was really like, well, that's not like your strength is in envisioning, envisioning it, creating it, you know, the, the, the big idea, but it's not in the little, the little details. That doesn't mean you suck. You know, that doesn't mean that, that you're lazy. It means that, you need to find somebody to help you carry that piece out. So I think it's really important, not just for, you know, making more money and growing your business, but also just um, getting over some of those beliefs you have about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So one more question, because I know that you have, we have a hard stop, but one more question, because <laughs> I, I saw that um, you are featured in a lot of exciting media. You've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, you know, one, why is that so important for people, um, you know, when they're ready at that, at a specific stage in business and two, what's, what's a tip you would give someone or a couple of tips you'd give someone to start, um, seeking media opportunities? Yeah. Uh, well, the reason why it's important is because you're extending your reach. So by being uh, using others, people, audience, you're getting people interested in your message for free. People that would have never probably found you, finds you from someone else that they already trust and like. So that makes them trust you already. So mm-hmm. that's something that's um, a really good point to, to keep in mind. And not only that, but those relationships that you're growing with the people, like let's say me with the people that I do podcast episodes with, I, I build relationship with those people. Sometimes it turns out to become clients. Sometimes I turn out to become friends. Sometimes they turn out to give me uh, in-person speaking gigs. Uh, like, like it can be anything, but that's for me the best way to connect with people and get to know people and really extend my network for free. Like it doesn't cost you money to, to do that. So I think mm-hmm. it's really important to include that in in your business. And that's something that I do with my clients. Like one of the first thing is the media strategy, because we need to, we need to hear your name everywhere. if We want to reach the goals that we have for, for your business. So, so that's one of the thing. Uh, So in terms of tips, uh, first of all, don't be afraid of asking question because the worst thing you're going to hear is no response. Like, like that's the worst thing that's going to happen. And I promise you're not going to think about your, your email not being responded in a year from now. Like, you know, <laughs> right. About it. Totally. So, so I hear a lot of yeses, uh, for my, for myself, for my clients, for myself, it's a little bit easier at the stage where I am to, to get featured into medias, but even for my clients that are just starting out, we still get yeses because when you have a story to share, people love to to share it, and people are flattered often that you're 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 wanting to be on their podcast or featured in their magazines and and stuff like that. So I would say to to not be afraid of asking, like like have a pitch ready. Uh, 
know what's your story about what are you gonna what's what's the thing that you can bring in to the audience of that person and always keep that in mind and when you pitch to a podcast or a magazine keep it short because no one has the time to read a novel about about your life but then <laughs> if they're interested in what your your small biography is about they're gonna get back at you and then you can you can elaborate then yeah, definitely. No, those are wonderful tips. It's really about enticing them to want to know more. You don't have to tell them everything in the uh, the initial email. And I, I love what you said, um, because I think the rejection or the, the potential for rejection is what stops so many people. And I've done some media stuff. It's definitely a goal, you know, a primary goal of mine um, to ramp that up this year. But something you said that really hit home with me is like, I'll look through my old emails when I'm searching, you know, I'm searching for something and something pops up and it's a media pitch I did that didn't get a response, but I didn't even remember that I pitched them. I didn't even remember the reaching out to them at all. So it's it, like you said, in a year, you're not even going to remember that pitch. So it's, it's, yeah. it's really not, you know, um, <laughs> like a make or break. It's not going to, you know, make your, your whole business, like go down the tubes or anything like that. No. Um, so yeah, no, I love that. Thank you so much um, for sharing. Uh, this has been super informative and I love, I think the space you're in is particularly interesting for uh, my listeners. Cause I think a lot of people are kind of looking at, um, you know, the, the same areas and niches and paths and everything that, that you've described and we can all learn so much from you. So tell people where they can find more about you. Um, I know I did some stalking, so I, I know you have great social media presence. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, the easiest way is to go on zero to CEO dot co it's not dot com it's zero to co dot co and then okay. they have links to my free course for to my quiz to my programs to my instagram and facebook where i'm most active so then it can reach out to me directly from there perfect all right i'm going to put the link to your website and um, a couple of your social media profiles in the show notes. So for anyone who's listening and who wants to get to know Em a little bit better, maybe take her quiz and get in some of those trainings, um, you can just head to the link in the show notes. And Em, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and um, being an open book. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.